When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this. This place doesn't look like the pictures. Come on, the doors are on back. Ah, what the? Is there a door behind all those spiders? <laughs> it's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. <sighs> look at how many spiders there aren't. Where should we lie down for eight consecutive hours first? Relax, you booked a Verbo. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Fool me, can't get fooled again. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. I am Ben Kissel. Marcus is off having a great time living his life. Meg is producing. Thanks so much for being here, Meg. All right, so today we got a great interview. I met these dudes over at News Corps. Uh, they are Jason Selvig and Devram Stifler. They are the good liars, and they are the star of Undecided, an amazing mockumentary. You can find it on Netflix and uh, iTunes. Go to iTunes and pay for it. It's a wonderful mockumentary. They made news uh, throughout this entire election cycle, so I'm thrilled to have them here. Thanks so much for being here, guys. Yeah, thanks for yeah, having thanks us. For having us all right so uh we got this mockumentary out there um you guys go to the campaign rallies and uh, you you mess them up you muck them up and uh, and then news actually covers it as if these events are uh, spontaneous not planned what was one of the most uh interesting things that you learned while going and participating in this wonderful democracy some call it a kleptocracy <laughs> but we'll call it a democracy to be nice and fun today um what was one of the things that you learned while uh, doing this and going to these campaign rallies well it's called undecided because we're playing to undecided voters right that are going on the campaign trail so we're, we're playing these larger than life characters and we're kind of interacting with larger than life characters like donald trump and right. chris christie and all these people so it, it, like what we learned is that um you can pretty much do whatever you want at, at these rallies you you can get as close as you want these people they they want to interact with the the people right so the the, the basically we kind of like took advantage of that. I guess yeah, they're good and, and I, right. I think another thing we learned is that uh, you can make really big news and then you can just not do anything for a week or two. People will forget who you are uh -huh. and then you can walk right back in and do it all over again. So Make the news at the campaign rallies and I want to get to some of those things. You guys were the fellows who took your shirts off in the front row uh, while Hillary Clinton was speaking <laughs> yes. and she got she got the she got the vapors. It yes. was very exciting yes. to watch. You guys uh, did the armbands for Donald Trump that uh, you know uh, sort of channeled your inner Nazi, I suppose, uh, to some degree. That was the uh, that was what you were alluding to. And of course, you guys did um, a series of things um, that nearly got. It looked like Devram nearly got you arrested. Yeah, yeah. I mean, time and time again, we nearly got arrested. We found that if you stay in character, yeah, uh, you kind of just creep the cops out and they let you go. So <laughs> the uh, the you know, I accused Marco Rubio of stealing my girlfriend at one of his campaign rallies. And as I'm getting let out, the cops are like, all right, you know, cut the shit. Who are you? It's like, well, just love is really hard. And Marco mm -hmm. Rubio was trying to steal my girlfriend, and I had to say something about it. And then they just kind of look you up and down, and they're like, all right, this guy's definitely crazy. Right. you got to leave the premises or we're going to arrest you. So, and, of uh, course, your girlfriend was played by somebody I've known for years, and I was so happy to see her in uh, in Undecided. Check it out. You can't. It's really not to be missed. Uh, Jenna Friedman. Yeah. Uh, she was such a fantastic muse for you, although I guess uh, – well, I don't want to ruin it, but it, right. it didn't. Uh, it didn't necessarily go your way. It doesn't. It certainly doesn't go smoothly. So no. I guess you got to watch to find out. But um, in she, that moment, I really felt like I was fighting for my 
my relationship. Yeah, so. Jenna was great. She was great. She was a producer on The Daily Show, obviously, yes. for a long time, and it was great to have her with us. She was hilarious in the film, too. So you got super close to a lot of these politicians. Was there anything that you could uh, that, that surprised you about their personalities? I know a lot of times people think they, maybe they're a lizards. Uh, who knows? <laughs> uh, you know, everything gets kind of thrown at the wall when it comes to uh, the politicians, and as we discuss them publicly, it seems like you can say anything to defame them, and it's taken as truth until proven otherwise. Was there anything that surprised you when it came to their personality traits um i mean you got very close to these people yeah no we i mean we were at a gun range shooting with rick santorum shooting guns with rick santorum and hanging out with rick santorum and he was like public enemy number one yes i guess from you know a liberal's perspective four years ago of during the election like he's this terrible guy and really he just came across as a guy that really wanted to win and really wanted your vote it was he almost really like, thought he was going to surprise some people he kept yeah. saying that well so. and that's what happened in 2012 there's another great documentary um uh, called caucus which i highly recommend everybody watch it's all about the iowa caucuses uh as they were campaigning in 2011 to win for 2012 and rick santorum did surprise a lot of people he yeah. surged at the very end so you got the feeling that he was sort of hearkening back to four years ago and anything is possible was there i mean it seems like there is something about unbridled optimism that most of these politicians seem to have when it comes to everyone is just throwing the kitchen sink at them their numbers can be in the gutter and yet they still go forward and uh and pretend as if they have a chance what do you think that is with them i don't know it's, i don't know it's they, really they're bizarre. spending money they're spending their time their their energy and yeah, the first two candidates we we interacted with, uh, Santorum and Martin O'Malley, it was mm-hmm. the same thing. It was at this event with Santorum where we're at the gun range. It's supposed to be this, you know, this press event, and and it was advertised. I mean, people could show up, and it was literally just Rick Santorum, Jason, myself, and Rick's daughter. That was it. Everyone right. else was press, and so to watch him say, "I think we're going to surprise some people." Yeah, it felt like this strange uh, yeah, there's, optimism. There's that two was, people and, here, and we're both fucking with you right, right. now. Right, right. <laughs> and Devram, you especially, uh, you you said at, at the gun range, you're like, "You people don't even know who I am," and you just handed me a gun. Theoretically, in his mind, in front of the next president of the United States. Right, right. What stopped you from turning around and shooting Rick Santorum? Oh man, societal norms. I guess you're not supposed <laughs> to do stuff like that. But it, but you know, Jason. Jason and I have talked about this before, but there was some, you know, uh, moments of intensity there where you're just like, wow, if I drop this gun, right. what what happens here? I mean, ne- neither of us know our way around a gun either. So it was just like Rick Santorum handing us a loaded gun and being like, all right, have at it. I mean, so it's kind of surreal, and and it was the first day of shooting, so and he was literally teaching us how to kill someone, yeah. which is a little <laughs> funny thing. It's like, right. there's a person, shoot him, shoot yeah. him, I'll teach you. I'm like, oh, thank you, Mr. President. This yeah. is this is weird. And and you I know, mean, that must have been one of those moments. You're you're shooting a gun in front of Rick Santorum, and like you just said, Jason, this is public enemy number one to many many people on the left. I mean, that must have been surreal. How did you guys maintain character and not just break out um, and just just I mean just be astonished with what with what you were getting away with I mean that was the that was our first day of actual shooting for the film and we were thought we would just shake his hand and that was that was gonna be it and if you watch the raw footage and you can kind of see it in the film I am like smiling ear to ear and like right. laughing uncontrollably because I can't believe what's happening I'm like this is amazing this is great I keep telling him like this is so great yeah. and he's like it is great to see me I'm like no no it's great for our movie you don't know why it's great. <laughs> I mean, it was incredible. It was an incredible experience. Yeah, but but also to answer that your your question kind of about staying in character. I mean, 
I don't think to either of us it ever occurs to us to break character when we're in front of someone like that. I mean, we right. we it doesn't even feel like an option to be like, oh, actually, we've been lying. Like, you have to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think in any of these rallies we ever felt like it was an option to break character. I mean, sometimes when we're talking to some average person on the street or between the two of us, like, you know, we get into a little laughing fit about what's going on. But, like, at these rallies, I mean, you don't, you just don't have that option. You know, as I was watching the, uh, the film, it does, you know, morality. And, you know, it is you guys are breaking uh, one major rule, uh, uh, obviously, that being against lying. Did you at any time feel like guilt or, my God, we are doing something awful, like Martin O'Malley, for example, this lovable, uh, relatively lovable man. He just wants to sing his folk songs to the people of (laughs) Iowa. You know, he's got a ripped, he's got a six-pack ab. He's very attractive. He is a good-looking guy. Did you ever feel at some point that you were just – the living embodiment of trolling. Well, I, we we try to avoid that word, uh, but no, I mean, I, I think the way that I justify it to myself is by feeling that these people really, really take us through their little soap opera. I mean, yeah. for months we are characters in their story, and we have to follow along. It affects us, whether we like it or right. not. We are affected by them, and it sucks. And right. for us to do it back to them for an afternoon shouldn't be the end of the world. I mean, now we have a story that they are characters of, you know, in in our story that mm. we're we're acting out. So it, it doesn't make me feel that, you know, that that badly for these guys. Yeah. And to answer your question, I mean, there was one time where I like had almost a mental breakdown over over filming. Uh-huh. And, and that was when we were in our Trump section and it, it was Marco Rubio's concession speech, yes. and I, I heckled him because it's what Trump would want to do. You yes. Know? And we, so yeah, it, it was his concession speech, and I'm I put my Trump hat on and say you lost a little Marco while he's conceding right. the race, and I left afterwards. We were in the car. He was in Ohio filming at the same time, which was a surreal thing too because it was yeah. like two news stories in a row, um, but. I was like, what did I just do? He was right. like leaving the race. Like, this is democracy. This is important. This is how our country like stays together. Right. Um, but then when I saw the final product of the film, I was actually really happy. It's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. So, so for those that haven't followed the news cycle as closely as a sociopath such as myself, um, <laughs> that was, it made national news. Uh, what you did, you know, it was a Trump supporter shouting down uh, Marco Rubio. You have to. The, the footage is just phenomenal. So you did feel a little bit of like this is really a a moment in Marco Rubio's life that he'll probably only get once uh, to concede the election to Donald Trump, hopefully to Donald Trump only once. Um, I mean, it really did. You had an impact on his life, and he yeah. didn't know you, uh, who you were whatsoever. Have you ever, did you ever uh, reach out to the campaigns afterwards or anything like that and, uh, and uh, you know, ask them for comments or to be a part of the film or anything like that? No, no, I never, and I don't think I ever will. I'm actually from Florida. My character's from West Palm Beach. I actually am from West Palm Beach, um, and he is my representative. Right. He, I actually it was just got set my absentee ballot in, and I voted uh, for somebody for somebody in that Senate race. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I, no, I would never, I and mean, I and I wouldn't. I don't, look. I I like 
he's he's said some pretty terrible stuff in, in in his day, Marco Rubio. Well, he was the one that started the entire conversation regarding Trump's genitalia, which I mean, just when you thought this uh, election couldn't get more in the gutter, he really dug another ditch right. and uh, and took it five feet deeper with his stand up routine. With yeah, he's I mean, reading his tweets. It was yeah, it was it's, it was hard to watch. That was I would blame Trump for that whole thing, right? Because he kind of it's not. I don't think if Marco Rubio had his way, right? It's a reactive he, thing. Yeah, he's yeah. trying trying to trying to compete with Trump at what Trump does a little bit better. But yeah, uh, but but you know, again, I, I feel like you know, you feel bad in the moment, then you take a step back, realize mm-hmm. we're trying to make this this film, and also the things these people say and do, and you start to feel okay and sleep sleep a little better. At were you point. concerned at all? That people would think that it was a biased film. You know, I mean, everyone on the left and everybody on the right is so hypersensitive to their brand, which is exactly what these parties are. And so if they feel like someone is tarnishing their brand, they're going to attack. Did you guys um, uh, actively, were you actively aware of all of us? You know, all of us have our own bias. Were you actively aware of your biases and, and tried to sort of alleviate um, you know, coming across as too one-sided? Because I do think the film did a great job of, uh, you know, of really... A, you definitely you you made it difficult for everybody, right. <laughs> you know, yeah, right, at yeah. times in the film, and I would assume that was something that you guys were you know on purpose uh, being aware of. Yes, definitely. Um, and we we talked with Julio, the director, about this. We all the three of us all wrote it together, and we did not want this to be like a liberal movie, like just just a left wing movie. Right. Um, and and I think the theme of the movie is really that if you're if you kind of succumb to the the politics and to the two-party system, you're, it's going to drive us apart, and you're going to find people's differences and not what you have in common, and and that's not that's not good for America. Right, and uh, that's kind of where we land at the end of it. But I think as far as the candidates, we were talking about this earlier. I think we got Hillary worse than we got anyone else because right. she used us in a campaign ad. And then was kind of like ripped apart because of that, because people right. were like, these guys are pranksters and you're making it seem like they're your right. fans. We, hmm. we, we made, you know, some of these people's afternoons not so great. But with her, it was a bigger deal. I mean, right. Rachel Maddow did this this extensive piece that was basically ended with how could Hillary let this happen? Kind of like, right. uh, you know, we're standing behind Hillary at one rally with settle for Hillary T-shirts on right behind her. That was like you know trending on Twitter, national news, and everything. And two months later, we're no shirts in a Hillary rally, and two days after that, we're in a campaign ad. So it's like right. all the evidence is there, um, but yet we're still uh, playing undecided voters in this movie, and now part of Hillary Clinton's campaign efforts to sway undecided voters. In reality, it was a strange, yeah. strange thing. I mean, obviously, we haven't had the election yet. That's coming up on Tuesday. I'm sure liquor stores are, uh, you know. Stocking up because they will be selling out gun stores uh, too. Gun stores, gun stores as stores well, too. absolutely. Yeah. Per every election, uh, the gun mania—they're coming for them. Uh, goes a little bit nuts. Are you guys? Have you guys thought yet uh, about how you have inserted yourselves in national politics in a presidential campaign? Probably in one of the most exciting slash terrifying slash fa- uh, slash fascinating election cycles we've ever seen, and hopefully will ever again. Because I don't know if my Facebook feed can handle any more of it. Um, are you guys uh, really? letting it sink in that you have inserted yourselves in one of the most fascinating presidential elections of all time on par, you know, obviously Ken Bone made, made his appearance or, (laughs) you know, Joe, the plumber of, of 2008. Are you guys letting that sit in a little bit? Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't want to give us too much credit. You guys made national news time and time again. 
Yeah, no, and, and it's, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, it really is. And it, it, when we think about it, yes, it's it's amazing. And I think that the thing that I'm most proud of is actually the the film because it, it's it's a time capsule for this, this whole thing from the very right. beginning, which is nuts because we knew it was crazy when we started because it was Donald Trump, you know, like that's crazy to begin with. Right. And then it just, it got crazier and crazier and crazier up until, I mean, has there we're it's a Friday right now. Like I, there has been every Friday, there's been a crazy piece of news that's come totally. out. And like, I wonder if something's happening right now that is just going to like sway the election. Well, the Anthony way. Weiner is in cyber sex rehab. Okay. So I think the internet <laughs> is safe. So feel free to go online. He's everybody. In a, he's in a private room, right? Yes. Now. He's locked yeah. away he like Magneto. Jail. There's no, nothing around him whatsoever. Hurt himself or anyone else. Yeah. DeVram, yeah. Did you ever feel like, Holy shit. Uh, we're in way over our heads. Because, man, did this uh, thing yeah. snowball, right? A, a couple of times. One is when we did our seat fillers thing for Jeb Bush. Okay, so now we, talk about that a little bit, because this was a famous clip from of Jeb Bush looking poor. I can't believe I had sympathy for a Bush, but the Jeb was just that <laughs> sad in this election cycle where I wanted to be like, buck up, buck up, Jeb. Yeah. He's giving turtles to kids. I mean, it was <laughs> it a was nightmare. Tough to watch. We, we, we handed out flyers for... Uh, for uh, seat fillers at a campaign event. Uh, right. We didn't say that it was for Jeb, but we said you could, uh, we, we said where and when. Uh, and if you looked it up, it was a Jeb Bush camp- a campaign event. So we handed out these flyers. And then in the three or four hours between handing out those flyers and the actual event, it became this, um, this news story. Uh, a, a Rubio campaign staffer tweeted about it. The Bush campaign thought uh, Rubio was, Rubio's campaign was behind it. They were going back and forth in this few hours about what the reality of the situation was, and then we realized we should we should finish off the story. We should go be those those seat fillers at so the what Jeb was, Bush event. So what was the controversy uh, controversy exactly? That uh, you know whether or not Jeb Bush was actually hiring seat fillers okay. for his events, right? Or if it was fake and it was a story that Rubio's campaign was putting out, right? So we go to the event and. Uh, and, you know, we've decided that we're going to go in there and we're going to basically say that we have been paid for the first couple hours, but this is going into overtime and we yeah. were not paid for that. So he starts uh, speaking and uh, we just get up and say, hey, we haven't been paid for our time. And we actually we actually think he's the guy running this the seat filling organization. So Dale we're like, Herbert. Dale Herbert was yeah. the name we, we gave this so Dale <laughs> Herbert events. It's a made up name. So it's like we, we, in the movie, we think he must be Dale Herbert and we're trying to get our money from him. Um, so it was a tough moment for him. And, and to go back to your question, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was weird. We, we started a, we started this, this uh, fight between the two campaigns uh, became this big story. It was the day of the Iowa caucus. Yeah. Uh, Bush was not happy with us. Nobody was happy with us, and we were a part of the story in, a, in kind of a very strange way. So, yeah, one of those moments where we felt maybe in a little over our heads. I mean, we were enjoying it, but yeah. that got much bigger than us. I think it's really funny. Yeah. I think that part's really funny. It's I mean, part, it it's is part incredibly of the movie where, funny. Where, where people everyone says like i felt i felt bad for him yeah i'm like but you hated you hated the bush family eight years ago right like come on like right. he probably Get stole the 2000 election for florida let's let's not let's not give him too much oh too that's right i mean there's no denying that harris purged the ninety four thousand, <laughs> uh you know votes blacks and latinos from florida giving uh, the election to his brother w um what what politician handled the uh 
the situation best? Was there a politician that stood out to you in particular? It was just like, this guy is just kind of going with the punches or a woman is going with the punches. Because Hillary, to be fair, she did. She kind of rolled with it yeah. uh, to some degree. I mean, like she you just handled said- it well. Hillary handled it pretty well. Rubio was willing to just kind of laugh through it. Uh, Ted Cruz uh, always had like a little zinger for us. It really bothered me. Yeah. Did, so did he start to recognize you guys and knew that you guys were up to no good, things like that? I don't know that he ever recognized us. It's just we did uh, we did a couple of things uh, with him, and he just he, each time he had something as we're getting escorted off, some little quip that landed, just like, oh, man, Ted, you're hurting me here. So he would always turn it, and the audience would, uh, would be reengaged with Ted. Right, right. He managed to. He's a sharp guy at, at the yeah. end of it all. Still probably possessed by a demon. I don't think our Literally. exorcism was successful, which yes. you can see in the film if you watch. We tried to exorcise his uh, demons. But, uh, well, I think he exercised the demon himself when he was on stage and he threw up a little bit uh, in his mouth and then <laughs> ate it. Uh, it. It was certainly a moment of so possession. Gross. It was, was so gross. shockingly disgusting. Yeah. And uh, Vine, I'm actually happy Vine is no longer because it really made that six-second clip. Uh, man, I'll never forget it. Oh, yeah. God. That's, uh, I, now that I'm thinking about that, oh, God. That's Did gross. you guys gain any respect for politicians and what they have to go through during these campaigns? Sure. Yes, I, I mean it's a grind. It really is a grind. It's a it's a it's a nine month press tour basically. I, You're going around like talking talking to random groups of people. You go up on stage maybe yeah. four or five times a day, give a speech, and yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, a it's a grind. But if anything, I I have a little less respect. I don't know. There, there. You go you go to all these these events and it seems and we've talked about this before like it, it feels like a little bit of a race for class president like there's right. nothing super organized or genius about what's going on mm-hmm. um there there it just doesn't feel like any anyone with this you know unimaginable intelligence is running the whole thing it's just people who really 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 want to say the right thing to get the votes and yeah no and lizard it, people is what you're saying they're right. not lizard people. They're not lizard people. Well, They're- isn't that, but you know, that to me is always so fascinating. I do a podcast called Last Podcast on the Left with Henry Zabrowski, who you know, Jason. Yeah, of course. Um, yes, he says hello. Yeah, tell him uh, I said hey. I will do that. Wonderful. Um, you know, a lot of people, and you know, he's one of these, uh, he's a bit more conspiratorial in his thinking, and a lot of people do believe NWO and, uh, you know, the, the world is being run by. Wait, by Scott a, Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk yes, Hogan? Yes, of course. Yes. And, okay. you know, yes, Hulk Hogan <laughs> and Diamond Dallas Page towards the end right, there in a strange, right. strange yeah. way. Um, I think he joined the NWO at some point. <laughs> he actually didn't. I will correct you there. Okay, he, thank you. He wore the shirt one time and took it off. Okay, it was all a ruse. Oh, yeah, thank fine. God. I'm so glad I have no idea what you guys are DDP, about. Diamond Cutter. <laughs> He's got a great documentary right now where he Nothing. saves Jake the Snake Roberts' yeah. life for the most part due to yoga. Yeah, um, DDP which, Yoga. DDP Yoga. Quick you got plug it. for DDP Yoga. You can check that out. Every episode, I do a plug for <laughs> DDP Yoga, and I love every second of it. But isn't that what is it more terrifying knowing that it isn't a series of massive, super intelligent elite that are running it? It's actually just a bunch of people, you know, uh, desperately trying to yeah, put on an event. It is that. That's that's my conclusion. What, there. what would you like, rather have? Would you rather well, have what the reality is or what the uh, the conspiracy theories are? I, I guess it's better that it's the, the reality because that means we can affect it and, you know, not everything is already decided for us. So I guess in the end that probably is better. But it's just a little frightening to see these people just flailing day in and day out just yeah. to try not to screw up or just to try and react to the latest thing that happened or 
you know, it's there. There's no, there's no genius behind a curtain pulling all the strings, and it's it just lets you know that you show up to all these rallies, and that's the impression you leave with. And so, I guess it's better than the alternative, but it's not very comforting. I want to talk about media and how you guys affected it, and what your thoughts are about television media specifically, because uh, you know I'm over there at Fox News, and I have some uh, ideas of my own. But first, I want to talk about rallies. What was your favorite rally to go to? Was there any time that a politician, maybe a Donald Trump, uh, let's say, was on stage and you got it? And you were like, this is why somebody like Trump or Hillary or Bernie uh, specifically as well, this is why they're on fire. This is why people are engaged with them. When you're actually in the rallies, um, despite you're there to do uh, you know, your film, but you're, you're still there, so you are still absorbing the energy. What was your uh, – was, was there any politician that actually made you think like, oh, this guy is making a good point or this woman's making a good point. They're crushing it. And now I understand why they are where they are. I would say specifically for Donald Trump, I never got it. Never. I never understood it. I didn't even think he was like that funny. And I remember like thinking he was that he was funny like in some television interviews, his right. persona before the election everything. I think he's just appealing to people's fears and that's enough of a rallying cry. I think Bernie I really got. I mean, you you have enough people who really want change, who yeah. really want to see see things be different, who are hearing somebody up there, you know, and, passionately saying that things can be different, that it can happen now. You know, a big part of what he was saying is this isn't a slow progression. We can do this now. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that people are extremely excited about. And talking with his supporters, they did not want to admit that there was any way that this wasn't going to happen and that it, you know, it, it, he 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 was mm. understandably on fire. Well, and in many ways it should have happened. I mean, obviously with the email leaks, we've seen what happened uh, with the DNC. Debbie Wasserman Schultz being uh, you know having to to leave her position, getting outed, uh, ousted from her position because uh, she was outed for being extremely pro Hillary, uh, as we we saw in the WikiLeaks regarding the DNC and the support for her campaign, and uh, really trying to railroad uh, Bernie Sanders and what they did in Nevada. I mean, you could argue what happened in California was straight up uh, voter theft. Um, with Bernie supporters and Trump supporters, there is this sort of bizarre Venn diagram of crossover between people who feel disenfranchised, uh, not heard, um, completely out of the political loop. And Bernie and Trump both were able to sort of, uh, you know, engage those people. Of course, Trump getting four million new voters uh, into the caucus uh, and primary process. Did you see any similarities between the Bernie supporters and Trump supporters? I I definitely did. I definitely did. We there was a we went to a Bernie rally. It was here in New York actually, and we were talking to some people in line as I always would do, as I always talk yeah. to the people. And they this woman was saying, like it was after Hillary had pretty much got the nomination, right? And but he was still running for like another month or so. And he she was saying that she saw a poll that said that if Trump, Hillary, and Bernie ran that Trump and Hillary would split 50% of the vote and Bernie would have the other 50% of the vote. And she, she couldn't name where she'd seen it. And I was like, there's no way that's right. possible. There's yeah. no way that's possible. Like I was thinking of every single poll that I'd seen, even ones that maybe like had that, that those exact, like that exact possibility. So she's thinking theoretically if Bernie dropped out and then re-ran ran as an independent, yeah. which at that point uh, most wasn't gonna do. It, wouldn't, it wouldn't be possible. But I think yeah. it's general willful ignorance of the facts. That's the Venn diagram that you're speaking of, I guess. Okay. It's just people who are who ignore everything else because they feel disenfranchised and someone is finally speaking their language and yeah. nothing will change that. And I think that's there's some overlap in terms of that kind of thinking. 
and you know i don't know if any of what trump is says is true uh when he's he says he's taking some of these bernie supporters and everything but if he is it's those people who just desperately want to see change so much that they, they don't care what's in front of them i can't imagine he's taking it i, I think he's taking so. some but yeah i don't think it's Nothing. a huge percentage right um what was it? i mean when you look at these people who are going out to these events, what was one of the characteristics that you found to be universal regarding people who are super in love with these politicians who really feel as if this one individual will be the one who puts a paycheck in their mailbox or in their Venmo account every month or week? What is one crossover amongst everyone at these rallies who are true diehards for whatever uh, candidate they support? They're really strange. I don't know. I mean, who's they gonna, are strange, yeah. right? No, Politics are weird. It's weird, and it's also weird. Like, think about this. Like, we, I mean, and we're strange too. We're going to making a weird movie at at a, at a you know a campaign rally, but that these people are going to rallies on a Tuesday morning at eleven a.m. Or, right. or, or Hillary when we went and did our settle for for Hillary thing it was like ten degrees outside. I mean, every time you see 30 seconds of uh, of rally footage in the film, it was like eight hours of standing in line, then waiting for the actual event to begin. So imagine right. if you're not shooting a movie and you're there and you're just there to hear the 30 minutes of, of speech that are going to be so inspiring that are going to make that eight hours of waiting around worth it for you. I mean, yeah, it takes a pretty special kind of person to care that yeah. much to do that. Right. And special, did they did they feel as if they were just... Um, I mean, they have to be sort of individuals who aren't necessarily thrilled with their lot in life currently, right? I mean, doesn't did you get that feeling? I don't know. It's a. I honestly, it depends which I think candidate. It depends on which candidate. Because yeah. some people, like the Trump, Trump, it's anger. Like that's the emotion, right? Okay. And Bernie, it's um, it's hope mixed with uh, frustration with mm -hmm. with the system and. And Hillary belief is, in belief in that it can change. There's yeah. like a, a hope there, I guess. And Ted Cruz is like more of the religious, yeah, uh, crowd. So it, it really depends depended on the candidate. Like you would go into a, a Trump rally when went to we went to one in um, California. There's riot police outside, people like setting off fireworks, and you go inside. When we we were a little late getting to this one, and you go in, and it's just hot. Yeah, it's it's, it's the temperature is hot. From all the anger, and there, there are there are you know bo empty booze bottles in the bathrooms and yeah. any anytime oh my you God, know hilarious. Hillary's yeah. mentioned, it's just like from you know all these different spots in the crowd. Hillary for president! Yeah, it's like people right. screaming. And Going scream to church where people scream hallelujah, but they're screaming like throw her in jail. Like they can't con control themselves; they have to yell it. I like that church-like <laughs> atmosphere, and that certainly it does. Politics are a religion to people, yeah. And you could argue that Donald Trump is running as the nation's god. Um, that certainly seems to be his. I can fix it. I alone can fix it. That's sort his of point of view. I think probably. that is his. Yeah. So I want to talk now. Uh, how is your views? I also my final question will be: How have your views? Uh, if you if you've changed at all uh, with your political views? Have you been? Uh, you know, have you were you enlightened or uh, swayed and you know found out new information, which I'm sure you have. So I'm excited to hear that. But how have your views on media changed? I mean, specifically me. I'm working over at Fox News. I, uh, if, I and I say this uh, regularly. If you only get your news from TV, just do not. Please, God, read everything possible. Uh, television news is, is they're in desperate need of eyes. Yeah. And uh, and people love to watch car crashes as opposed to individuals driving perfectly into the Sunoco <laughs> and getting their gas and, and, and a wonderful sandwich. They want to see the collision. 
What is your views on media? Do you have less faith than ever before, or do you uh, make more faith? What what do you, what do you think? I think there's it's uh, a lot of what you just said has uh, led me to have a little bit less faith. Uh, there is the need for a story, so a lot of times the evidence was there that we were we were these guys. If you did any research at all, you'd find out that what happened was not a real news story. Right. People want to report on it. They're they're there for the headline, especially if the headline serves their purposes in any way. So, you know, the coverage of us um, was was didn't feel truthful in a lot of ways and you, you just know that that is mirrored in the coverage of the election as a whole so right. we we had this moment with uh, fox news reporter carl cameron mm -hmm. and um and we made a point to not say we're wearing these kind of nazi style uh, trump armbands we, we just didn't say that they were from the trump campaign we're like we just shouldn't say that right well we'll go we'll do our bit but we will not say that so that was on our minds we didn't say that and then he gets on the air and says they said they were getting them from the trump campaign and it mm. was just a very, very obvious moment where it was like, that's what he wanted to say. Right. He wanted to do it right away because he wanted to be the first person to report on it. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to do his research. This was going to fit his narrative. And, and it so it worked for him in that moment. It just goes to show that, that there's a lot of chase for that headline um, and not necessarily the truth. So like you yeah. said, don't get your news all from one place. Don't get it all from TV. Like. You know. And I like you say one place TV as an entity itself because a lot of people are like I get my news from MSNBC, Fox News, and CNN. Right. But television as an entity is not the place to get really solid factual news. Well, it's not. I, I don't think it's news anymore. I really don't. And what do you I think it is? Like an old, I mean, it's entertainment. It's entertainment. I mean, right. this this election is is this weird threesome of news, um, reality television, and just like straight entertainment. Right. It's. And it's been really bizarre to watch because, I mean, I don't think Donald Trump, you know, if the media was the way it was 20 years, 20 years ago, I don't want to sound like an old man. But well, 1996, like, that's when the Fairness Doctrine was done away with and MSNBC could come into existence right. and Fox News could come into existence. Would you prefer to go back to a previous time before 96 where you had to give equal coverage to equal candidates? Because there's no denying Donald Trump was propped up by, by television news billions and billions of dollars of free coverage because he was just he was getting the eyes i don't know i don't know i don't want there to be you know i think there should be freedom of the press i just wish we'd call it what it is just it's entertainment not entertainment it is entertainment like the donald trump like being taken seriously when you should he should have been torn down by somebody right. for his actual ideas and his plans which didn't which exist lack. for most for they, they i don't still know don't. they I still mean, don't you really. still you still can't really say what his policies are it's just always be be tougher okay Donald. yeah right 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 um yeah so you would say less faith in in uh, in what was the story that the media covered for, uh, regarding you guys that uh, was just completely off uh, we just talked about the trump armbands for example any other examples where you guys did something uh you know at a rally and the media covered it and you were just it was completely different than what actually happened well, the uh, well because it also they, kind they of just plays cover in. it for what what happened because that that's interesting for that moment, but the the information about who we were was all over the place. So it's just interesting that, uh, but to, they, to Jason's point about it being entertainment, that that was clearly the purpose of us being written about because the the research could be done and you know it wouldn't even be worth writing about if right. they if they 
we're just trying to deliver solid news. So I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about it. We have a mockumentary being made about the uh, about the uh, election, and we have supposed real news covering the people who are participating in the mockumentary as if it's news. This is a dangerous phenomenon, isn't it? Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I don't know that I, we're glad that we're this. You know, I've never seen a movie like this before, and maybe, maybe there's one out there that exists. And I, I was thinking about this while we were shooting it. I was like, I, I don't. I hope that there's not a lot of people doing this after this. Like, this would right. be crazy. It's like a weird. Like, the fact that we're part of this, like the reality show election. We're doing this, and a reality show is like a plot point in our movie. Yes. And then we become characters in this actual election and the coverage. It's just this weird meta thing that I still haven't wrapped my head around. I mean, it is uh, it is so fascinating, and it just brings a whole other layer to the entire thing that really, I mean, like you just said, I've never seen anything like it. And it is um, – stepping away after I turned off the, um, the, the film – it it was it was a funny film. It was a great film, but you do sort of get a feeling of shit. Like, what is happening? How are we choosing to elect the, our our leaders? Did you find something just flawed with the process? Have you thought maybe there's a better way to get the people in office? Um, I mean, it's just democracy in action. It takes place in a high school gymnasium, like you mentioned earlier. It's probably piping hot. Uh, is there a different way? Was, was any time when you were filming this, were you like, "This is just not. This is not an effective way of choosing the next leader of the free world." I, I kind of felt the opposite a couple times. I there's all these moments of just these ridiculous candidates saying ridiculous things, and obviously we're doing ridiculous things. But uh, the Iowa caucus was was a really beautiful thing. It was, yeah. it was, it's this weird old timey thing and yeah. they, it's a tradition and something they take great pride in and you've got families going and it's, it's this right. event and people take it very, very, very seriously. And I was, I, I kind of felt the opposite at that point. At hmm. other points, I was like, yes, I completely agree. Like where, where are we going? But, I, I think that I couldn't agree more with that moment. And that was one of the first, you know one of the first parts of the shoot that we did, but I think that gets stripped away over time and you end up with these two mega candidates and, you know, kind of way too much being dictated to the American people as opposed to, you know, having decisions, real decisions be made on their own. I, I, I yeah. don't know what the solution is, but, but, you know, especially coming down to the end of this, you know, lengthy and stressful campaign, it just doesn't feel like it's a true expression of democracy. Do you feel, I mean, personally, I am voting for Gary uh, Johnson in this cycle because I, I just want three parties in 2020. I know, d don't come at me with that. That's what I always say. Um, I Also, you know, uh, New York is in a very, uh, it's a very sta safe state. Uh, we sort of know where this state will be going. Um, I just want Gary to get the 5%. Did you feel as the candidates, because it is a binary choice for most individuals across the country, the more the larger the crowds, the more it was solidified that it's two people, the more the the less distilled their message came. It, it became it became more broad and the, the like actual policy points became less and less. I mean, did you find it to be uh, the politicians when they were speaking to the smaller crowds? Did you find it to be more substantive? Uh, well, it depends on who you're talking about. Let's say like a Ted Cruz, for example, who's sort of no, he's a he's a policy wonk uh, by many people's metric uh, regarding politics. Uh, do you find you know did you did they ever get in the weeds about policy, or is it all just grandiose, general, wide sweeping ideas? I wish I could 
I wish I had more experience. I wish I was there in 2008. Sure. In we 2016. also got kicked out a lot of the events very early on. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah. No, but I would say like Donald Trump had such an impact on this race. It was all about personality. And once he got got out in front, it was everyone was trying to match him in in a way. It was yeah. never about policy. And and with um, Bernie um, and Hillary, yes, I mean you could say there are specific. He, he there were policy positions that were his platform mm -hmm. it was not a and you know you could disagree with them or agree with them but that they, they were actual positions that were his, his platform and with trump it was all about personality right and like adjectives and verbs and but like you 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 were asking if it's as the race has gone on if it's become less and less about policy and more uh more you know broader and broader i i think absolutely and we try and reference that in our film but it, mm -hmm. it just becomes about driving people apart to try and to try and uh, be sure that you maintain you know those that set of supporters and to convince everyone that the other side is the worst thing that could ever happen to this country right and so it just becomes about being more and more divisive and in our film we tried to have a little bit of heart and maybe talk about how there are some more similarities between all of us than these politicians would have us believe yeah and that maybe there's some some room for finding common ground which this electoral process would never would never put into anyone's head that hey we could actually find something to agree on i mean that that is just not what anybody's saying right now and right. not what they've been saying for a long time so when it comes to i would assume uh well definitely by true conservative standards everybody in this room is slightly left-leaning um but i would assume you guys are maybe a little bit more left-leaning on the spectrum uh, but that is an assumption that i'm making and i could be completely wrong did you find any like with hillary's campaign her her campaign slogan is stronger together did you find any uh hypocrisy with that campaign and i mean obviously trump is like we are stronger with nobody you know so right. i don't think it's hypocritical of trump to when he talks about uh you know his d terrible uh muslim ban, ban and a whole series of uh, a whole slew of his uh, strange ideas that are absolutely not applicable uh in in reality but when it comes to hillary did you get at all um sort of like it, it's just lies when it comes to the left talking about how we're stronger together and how they pretend as if they want to unite the country? Or did you find that that uh, there was some substance to that rhetoric? I, I mean, for Hillary, for me, it was it was a machine. The part the whole her whole campaign was a machine. It's like we have to elect this woman president. Hmm. And from just from even the earliest rallies that we went to that. It was manufactured. The, yeah, we, we the were, people behind. Remember the signs. Yeah, we, we were at the, these events, and they would they would hand out these construction paper cut out, look like they were made at home kind of signs to everyone right. in the crowd to hold up. And they would take away people's take real, real handmade signs, signs. <laughs> and so they would be the signs that the campaign like made. on brand oh stuff God, and, yeah. and so if if you want some, i don't know why that's the most offensive thing i'm just is. like they it worked really like, hard on those signs it's arts and crafts and it was like a, not like a bad sign it was like hillary we love you but it's they like, like gave her a hard evidence sign. that it, it just was a machine it's like they're manufacturing their their brand and and you didn't see point. that you didn't see that at other rallies i didn't see it anywhere else no no no, no. 
I mean, Trump's rallies were not even like organized in in any way. To, they weren't organized enough to do that. No, no, it was just like get you know, get, get as all these many people, people in, here. in here and and rile them up and let's let's get on with it. Yeah. Did that make you what 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 did you feel once you realized? I mean, because the Clinton machine is extremely strong. They know exactly what to do. They've been doing it for a very long time. How did that make you feel when you saw them taking away? I mean, there to me that's just such a great analogy to yeah. where we're at. I always equate Hillary to uh, like a Budweiser microbrew and. Bernie was more of a lakefront brewery, right. a real microbrew from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, a wonderful, uh, wonderful <laughs> that, beer. That was another plug, DDP uh, Yoga and the that's, lakefront brewery. You found both of my yeah, advertisers. Yeah, yeah. Um, did that, I mean, that must have been a, a strange realization that they just take away an arts and crafts sign that's that's made from somebody who likes her, and they give her, uh, they give them a uh, a campaign sign. It, it was crazy. I mean, it was like it was just. And we so saw funny. it at every event of hers that we went to. We're like, no way, they're doing it again. Wow. And, and you know the you know they've got the Hillary spelled out. They've got a sign for everybody. It was it was an extensive effort to make sure the crowd was peppered with these signs made by the campaign. And it was just yeah, like you said, it's a little bit of a. I just had it was a indicative of, to- of the whole thing. I had a flashback to when we were at the set, the shirtless rally when we didn't take our shirts off yet. And I started like yelling when I say, madam, you say president. And people were looking around like from the campaign staff because I was doing it. Cause I think they like they plan actually people, plant yeah. people to do that. And they were like, who's this guy? He's not on right. the payroll. Why is he doing this now? Oh my God. Yeah. It was yeah. crazy. Were you surprised with the theater of politics? I don't know if I was surprised. I mean, I was surprised at certain points when there there wasn't, I guess, more so with some of the with some of the smaller candidates. Um, but yeah, it was a show. It was a show. The whole yeah. thing is a show. It's a traveling show. It's a- it reminds me of what WWE did when CM Punk quit. Right. And they and then the fans would show up with CM a CM Punk signs and they replaced them. They replaced them probably with Roman Reigns signs or something. Uh, Roman Reigns is a, is I mean just shoving him down our throats is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The main is, event was ridiculous for WrestleMania this year. Like, CM why Punk would they do was that? Bernie. Roman Reigns is Hillary. Kane is Donald Trump. And Ted Cruz is uh, you know. You know, Donald Trump know. follows like 40 people on Facebook, and Vince McMahon is one of them. Really? Yeah. They're yeah. Fr- apparently, Vince McMahon got a fight, uh, got into a fight with God on a recent episode. That, but, uh, that was actually that was actually like 10 years ago. That was 10 yeah, years yeah. ago? I don't know. <laughs> Someone was, I haven't watched wrestling them. in a while. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, all right, we got to wrap it up. Thank you guys so much. But, but lastly, any have you guys changed your political views at all uh, throughout this process? I I don't know. I mean, the, my my actual political views, like what I think is right and wrong, I I still I still feel the same way. I was not swayed by by the way anyone spoke or or what they said. Um, I I do I do hope, like you do, that there it's not a two party system the next yeah. time we we pick a president. And I'm I think, and we were we were talking about this the other night. I think it. Uh, it's gonna go. It's gonna go to next next election. There's gonna be at least three parties, if not four. I hope so. Yeah, I I uh, I agree with with most of that. I wouldn't say that I really changed my views. I I did. I was consciously open minded throughout the whole thing, though. I knew I yeah. was getting a chance to really see it all. So I don't know that I changed uh, my views, but I I'd like to think that I opened my mind up there for a little bit. Um, and uh, like both of you, I hope there are more options next time around. I think that would be very beneficial uh, for our country not to just have, you know, be divided right down the middle and pushed apart as hard as possible. I agree. Devram, thank you so much, and uh, people are really upset you didn't shoot Rick Santorum, but that's okay. They'll have to get over it. <laughs> Jason, thank you guys so much. Check out Undecided, 
buy it on iTunes. If you if they sell a million copies, they get ten bucks. Yeah, yeah. So that's a bunch yeah. of beer money. Right. Uh, you can watch it on Netflix for free. I mean, I, I I cannot endorse it enough. I mean, what a wonderful job you guys did, and it's such a privilege and an honor to have uh, to have you guys on the show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks so much for supporting all the shows here on CCR. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ben Kissel. What do you guys uh, What do you guys got? Uh, goodliars.com. You can check it out. You can follow us on uh, Twitter, Jason Selvig, and then you've got a weird name. I don't know what it is. I don't remember what it is. But <laughs> well, go, then it doesn't matter. Go to goodliars.com. That's where you can see you know information about this, past stuff, and hopefully future things coming up. Hell yeah, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, and go to the Able and Stop at Facebook page as well. I mean, everyone's doing a great job of keeping it relatively cordial considering uh, we are the weekend before the, the uh, a very important election. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com.